What's happening, Mark? Hey, Johnny. How's it hanging, buddy? It's uh, it's going pretty good. Hey, I got a funny story to tell you about, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so I'm over at a couple of friends' house last night, and, you know, it's uh, it wasn't Taco Tuesday. It was Taco Wednesday, but damn good tacos, man. We got... Um, let's see, we had hard shells, we had soft shells, we had refried beans to put oh. in between them, so we got, like, chalupa status. Oh. Like, real oh good, right? Fantastic. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm getting the, like, tummy rumbles just thinking about it, and that just, and they jacked me up last night, even. Uh, but we're hanging out, you know, having fun, we got a fire pit going, and, uh, we're all drinking some beer, and all of a sudden, one of my friends decides that, uh, okay, we're gonna dare each other to stick our fingers into things, and first thing, of course, you got to ruin it with the very first one. I'm going to stick my finger in your beer can. Okay. Okay? So, okay. obviously, they stick the finger in the beer can, and then they're just, like, flailing it around everywhere because finger gets stuck in the beer can. And it's hilarious because this person, like, th- this lady is not very big at all. She's, like, maybe 130 pounds soaking wet. Mm-hmm. And yet, finger's stuck in the beer can, and, and her fiancé is just like, what is wrong with you? Why did you do this? I want your finger out of my beer. And she's just like, don't you dare mess with my finger. Yada, 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 all this sort of stuff. So I mm-hmm, just walked mm-hmm. up to him and I said, eh, you know, like, why don't, why don't you, why don't you just like imagine yourself like sliding your finger out of the beer can? Just take a second, breathe, you know, make this shit work. And uh, <laughs> uh, so the funniest thing happened, Mark. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine what happened? I mean, like, instead of, you know, pulling apart from each other they came together and then that's when they were you know freed right oh no 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 uh i had one of them absolutely just uh, the the lady in the thing that had the beer can stuck on her finger just yanked her finger can and all came with it and just started pointing it and waggling at me and said stop talking like you're, you're saying something from the lion king i'm gonna kick your ass <laughs> to which i responded if my ass is going to be kicked it's going to be kicked <laughs> Buddhist bastard. <laughs> Welcome to Dang Old Podcast, everybody. Uh, yes. Ooh, I'm recovering from that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Welcome to the Dang Old Podcast. This is the weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy, Johnny, we take two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about its good parts and its bad parts and its high points and its low points, and if the show could still hold up, like if it was to be rebooted tomorrow morning, if it could be rebooted, and then we slap it with our patented rating system, and Johnny, we gotta get to it. I'm excited for this week, buddy. Yes, we do. Um, I, I'm excited for this week, too. Uh, so, Mark, we're going to start off with episode 77, Bill of Sales. We have an right. original air date, March 12th, 2000, so we're fairly well into the new millennium at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, writer Paul Lieberstein, uh, good old Toby's back. And then, let's see here, our cast of characters for this episode is actually pretty small. And I didn't yeah. realize it until I started watching I'm like, yeah, they're really, like, there's three people that this whole thing focuses on. Oh, yeah, Totally. <laughs> Uh, so our cast of characters are Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer, and Lainey Grambler. There's a couple of other folks that are they're named characters in here, but I like you hear just throwaway lines or they're you know yeah. in animation shots in the background. Like I, I'm not gonna fault the wiki for not putting them in. So it's just like, eh, at least you got Lainey Grambler in there. Yeah, which is you know good for them. They they did a thing, Johnny. We should. <laughs> 
They did. They did. Uh, two episodes and three episodes from now, uh, they did not do a thing at all. Okay. And I'm once again saving their ass. So, you know. <laughs> uh, Mark, would you like my synopsis? I would love a synopsis, buddy. <clears throat> when Peggy signs up to be a boss babe, she finds an unlikely selling <laughs> partner in Bill. <laughs> Who quickly realizes that he and Peggy may be getting too close. Sorry, I anytime I get to shoehorn in stupid millennial terms like boss babe, I will. <laughs> it's just going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so our A-story characters here are Peggy and Bill. Uh, they really could just retitle this episode, Peggy gets involved with a pyramid scheme the first time. Right. Because this happens more than once to her. Y- yeah, several times, I think. Like... Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a new episode trope for us to watch for. It re- it really it feels like it. Honestly, uh, you know, Peggy gets to become the uh, Homer Simpson of this show, where she just changes her job about once or twice a season. Oh shit, she really does, doesn't she? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so our A story Peg- our A story characters here are Peggy and Bill. Okay. I wouldn't really count anybody else in this. Like, everybody else is kind of tangential. They're there. Yeah. Uh, Hank doesn't make a very strong showing in this episode. But, uh, Mark, give me some of your notes here. Um, I have a couple notes. Number one, I need to amend your synopsis just a bit. Sure. Yeah, it's a triangle opportunity, Johnny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not a pyramid, it's a triangle. <laughs> the last thing that Bill needs to eat is um power sauce bars. I know that's not the name, but that's all I could think of was the power sauce bars. Yeah. And that's literally yeah. the last thing that Bill needs to ever consume. Peggy's really good at being a manager. Like she's not a good manager, but she's good at being one, if that makes sense. Right. And I think we saw a bunch of that in Peggy Sugarfoots. Well, no, I feel like, like she, she really yeah. latches onto it. Yeah, she does get it, yeah. I love Peggy doing the tour of her suite when they get to the room in uh uh what uh Houston, right? Uh San Antonio. San Antonio. I yeah, mixing Which, up my Texas oh towns. Oh god, I can't I can't imagine like being excited to go to San Antonio. <laughs> Cause isn't that the one that's like right on the border of Mexico that's super crime ridden? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know Texas. I think it I'm is. bad at Texas geography. Uh, that's okay. I think that's what it is, but eh. <laughs> um, San Antonio. San Antonio. The Yahoos. <laughs> um, this episode does a really solid job of showing how uh, pyramid schemes slash multi-level marketing slash triangle opportunities uh, work, and I really appreciate that. I think it's neat that we're talking yeah. about something like this. Like, you can raise some type of awareness about it. And then I had this mm-hmm. thought that in this season, we get weirdly preachy about this kind of thing. Like, yeah. not pyramid schemes, but like, we're about to come up on um, um, fun with Jane and Jane. And it's like, hey, this oh, is a yeah. cult. This is what you need to look out for. And this is a, it's, I'd almost call this a very special episode of an episode. <laughs> we get a couple of them this season. Yeah. And it's like, um, please, please don't be these people. <laughs> Um, where does Luann go to eat dinner when they go split off and watch TV in their respective rooms? Because there's the TV in Hank's room, and then there's the TV in the living room. And I don't think there's a TV in the den, and Bobby's got his own in his room. Nope. Does he? Does he? Oh, I guess he does. does. Yep, you're right. Never mind. Okay, never mind. That, that, no, yeah. I I forgot Bobby had it, yeah. But also, why would Luann go and watch TV in Hank's room? 
Oh, yeah. No, I imagine Hank went into his room. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where she went. I don't either. Maybe back I... uh, across the alley to her own fucking house. <laughs> well, no, because that's it. There's the three of them. So there's the TV in the family room, one in the in Hank and Peggy's room, and then Bobby in his room. So that's all three of them. I forgot about the TV mm-hmm. in Bobby's room. I'm an idiot. Um, finally, no, okay. finally uh, Bill got a new suit, and I think it's cute. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Uh, how about you, buddy? You got any pro, uh, any? He, you got any notes for me? I do. He doesn't even have to worry about stains, Mark. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, when Peggy goes to sell Con um, her her meta life or whatever the hell it is, mm-hmm. uh, can do you know what she's humming while she while he's going while he's totally jerking her around? Mm, I have no idea. She's sitting there humming high hopes, and I, I thought that was kind of a fun little detail. <laughs> Aww. She's just sitting there waiting. Oh, you're the first person to actually talk to me. Yep, you actually want some of my stuff. I'm going to sit here and wait and be nice and content. And then all of a sudden she turns and sees them both just laughing at her. And I'm like, oh. Too mean. Wow. Um, I think this might be the first time since Khan and Min in their introductory episode where someone that is not a hill has called out the size of Peggy's feet. Because Bill calls her out and is just like, uh, do your giant feet know the way to walk out my door? <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Things are heating up with Bill Dotrieve. Like, I love how much of an asshole he is to her in this. He got laid. This is a different Bill, dude. He just got laid yeah. by the Dixie Chicks, like, not too long ago. Yeah. We have a new, stronger Bill. And, and, and maybe he's rebounding from therapy just a little bit. Like, or not rebounding, uh, responding from therapy just a little bit. Yeah. Maybe Learning he's still to going those, to group. Uh, boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like um, I like this. I like fucking not pant, less of a pant load bill. He's really not bad. Like it is kind of nice to see Bill just yeah, like you said, not pant load for a while. <clears throat> um, and then the only other note I've got in here, it's it's not really a note about King of the Hill. It's just a note about our society in general. I really think that if if you can't outlaw it, then mass level marketing or or multi-level marketing like it really needs to be seriously regulated that is the biggest fucking scheme and and just con of all time in our oh, fucking yeah. country no, it's like terrible. it is just tr- trashed people's like savings and i mean it, it's everything from from shampoo to energy bars to fitness regimes and and all this random nonsense like it you you find a way to do it and somebody's going to multi-level market it and god i am i just feel so bad for anybody anybody that gets hooked in that because they're that desperate yeah um you know, I, it benefits four people yeah, yeah no it's a screw it, yeah it's it's all bad i don't know yeah it just it makes me real makes me feel real real gross about it yeah you know the average person can't make a living doing this and that's what it's sold as like right. oh yeah sure you could just do this in your off time you'll totally make some money and it's like no i have to like really chug along and make a realistic effort at this just for you not to get on my ass about it like yeah. i'm not even making any money well it's like fucking uber you know like they don't make any money with it you know no yeah not unless same, you same idea eight you're, hours you're a day multi-level marketing like ride it like ride it's i don't it's fucked up i don't know yeah i don't know at least you get the option with uber to like turn it off true that's, you know that's you can true. you can walk away whenever you want yeah <laughs> but 
So yeah, those are my notes though. Like this, this episode always leaves me with like a weird, gross film when I watch it because it's an Peggy has episode. such a weird radical shift. And Bill just like he's he's not normal Bill for about half of the episode, so that always makes me feel real weird. And I don't know. Mm. We've watched Bill like opine over Peggy for so long, and then right. when all of a sudden like something re- like she's realistically seeing how useful and how much of a genuine human being he is and how hard he works, then it gets too real for him. And it's like, oh, well, this is kind of like a earth-shattering revelation for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, give me some pros, man. What would you uh, like about the episode? Let's see, some pros. I don't know what this is in reference to, but apparently I liked it. I'm going the other way, thanks, parentheses, beer. Uh-huh. It's in it's in my favorite moments. Okay, I just don't remember the Peggy, bit. I, I'm at a total loss. Uh, uh, Peggy offers Dale a uh, Meta Life bar, and he just looks at her. I'm going the other way, thanks, and starts chugging his beer. Oh yes, like yes, I'm not getting yes. healthy. Yeah, that that was it. That's it. Yeah, thank you. Um, I really like that Bill has a bay window. I just I like it. I don't know. I. Pro for okay. me. It made I like the okay. I like how the guys' houses are all unique. Hank doesn't have a bay window. Um, Boomhauer's bathroom is crazy nice. We now now know that Bill has a bay. It's just these little things. I think Dale's the only one that has an actual basement. It's I think so. Yeah. So everybody's house is unique and special, and I super appreciate that. Um, I like the facial difference between Hank and Luann when Peggy fires them both. Because Hank is relieved and Luann looks hurt like she's actually lost out on an opportunity. That's in my pros. <laughs> that smirk that she gives when she realizes, oh shit, I just got fired. Yes! <laughs> yeah. Um, I like Bill's weird champagne knowledge. It's like a little throwaway line and he just mentions, oh, it's only champagne if it's from the region in France. I like that Bill mm-hmm. knows that. Like, I like, again, we have these dumb little nuggets. Like, we know that now Bill is an accomplished accordionist, and he speaks <laughs> Cajun <hate> French. Zydeco. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like Bobby's roasting of Bill. This is a good little segment from Bobby. <laughs> yeah. We are really, like, we, and we're really seeing Bobby grow as a comic, and we're about to see it, like, I think hit its aperture in uh, Propaniacs. Like yeah. uh, next week, but yeah, I really like Bobby just be, really taking it down to or really taking Bill down. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me. I don't think Bobby would have said that a lot of that stuff, at least not with the cadence he did in front of Bill, because I think he likes Mister Dotrieve. Do you? I do. I don't think he like really likes him, but I definitely think he likes him probably more than he likes Dale. And probably more than he likes Boomhauer. You have that theory. I've heard you say that before about Bobby not liking Dale. And can I ask why? What? Why would you? Why do you think that? I think it's because Dale is he's a little too weird for Bobby. You know, it's the same reason. Like Bobby's best friend is Joseph. Yes, but even Joseph can be a little bit much for him. So his dad would be okay. That yeah, okay. You know, cool. like I, I think it's. I honestly, I think that's what it is. Like he has to hang out with Jacob all day. Or wow, he has Jacob. to hang out with. Sorry, uh, with Joseph all day because that's his best friend. And honestly, if you hang out with your best friend all day and their dad is exactly the same as them or even more intense, 
Are you really going to want to keep going after that? Especially when they're as tiring as the Gribbles are. That's that's cool. You know? Yeah. Instead, you get the guy who has no family, who's been continuously shit on, and is best friends with your dad, that gets invited to all of your family functions because otherwise he'd fucking kill himself. Like, I think Bobby gets endeared to Bill. Hmm. You know, at least I think he has enough respect not to make fun of him to his face. Well, yeah, because he'll kill himself. Like, Bobby doesn't need that <laughs> guilt. He already burned down the fucking no, church. Even... He doesn't need to, like, have Bill's suicide on his hands, too. Right? And even 12-year-old Bobby knows that Bill would kill himself. He's like, oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. And yet Peggy has absolutely no shame in calling him on it. <laughs> it's because Peggy hates Bill, so she can say these things to him. God. But also, it's got to be a little bit cathartic for Peggy. Like, how many Super Bowls has yeah. it been since I had to scotch guard the couch twice since Bill started coming <laughs> over, you know? So I got to ask you, what is the more pure hatred of people, of, of, of two people in this show? Peggy's hatred of Bill or Dale's hatred of Peggy? Ooh. Like, Dale's that's a hard Peggy. one, right? I don't, yeah, like, we don't see Dale and Peggy become friends until a lot later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Cuz I don't I wouldn't I honestly don't know if I would go so far as to say that Peggy hates uh hates Bill. But she absolutely doesn't want him around as much as he is. Yeah. Hmm. It's it's, it's just interesting, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like, I, but uh, anyway, t- we digressed a whole shitload. No, I also yeah, love no, that whole good. scene where where Luann and Bobby are both just like digging into into Dotrieve, and, and you're just like, <laughs> she's like, hold on, wait a minute, I need to write this down. <laughs> it's a good scene. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. How about you, man? Uh, so let's see here. Um, to me, it makes sense that Bill is the uh, the catalyst in this episode because. What do we know about Bill? Bill will eat absolutely everything, and he's obsessed with Peggy. Right. So I found it a pro that, like, okay, you guys know your characters well enough that, okay, if anybody in the alley is actually going to help her with this, it's Bill. And we're going to give him this weird talent of, I'm just going to be able to sell it to anybody. Now, I don't know where Bill's selling technique comes from. If he is just so pathetic that he pulls the uh, the old gill and makes everybody feel so bad for him <laughs> that they just have to buy shit, you know? Like old Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know how he does it because I can't imagine Bill is super pushy about things. No, I bet he's just kind of cool like about it. Like, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I've been in a sales position before and it is not fun when you're just having an off day. It doesn't matter how cool or nice you are. Just every customer turns you down. Yeah. So I don't know how Bill, who's got like the smallest what what what's the word i'm looking for here self-esteem the, yeah the most fragile fragile self-esteem yes thank you um how he can be effective at sales so that's he's a so good at getting shot down he's so good at getting shot down and like i guess these dudes at blanda especially have known bill for years like <laughs> 25 years okay so we're no we're about to see here in hank's haircut uh, again next week we're about to see here that like Bill is really, really good at what he does. And I think he's yep. built up. He's B- Bill. A, okay. Okay. Sorry. My head's exploding here. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, you're good. For uh, Blanda Bill is different Bill than Allie Bill. Yeah. He's, he's different than any other Bill. 
But it's almost like it's almost to me like a weird like costume hero thing. Because Bill is literally dressing up every day in the same costume to go do this shit, and it gives him a sense of value. But then as soon as he come ho- comes home, he strips down to blue jeans and a tank top. He looks as dumpy okay. as fucking possible. Like, it's almost like that's the point. But at Blanda, like, he's got a good rapport with most of the men there. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. It's, But it's also a different feeling than the guys in the alley because, like... They don't respect Bill. Nobody respects Bill. It's Bill the pant load. I don't know. Yes. I'm j- sorry. I'm kind of also jumping ahead too far, but sorry. No, 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 no apology needed. I, I really think that this is a side side of Bill that we've never really explored before because we don't see him successful in almost any context up to this point. Right. Like the closest we've got was uh, Beer Can Named Desire. But even then, like, that, that was more circumstance. It wasn't because, it, you know, he just happened to be Bill and it just happened to be his family and all this stuff. It wasn't. Yeah, that's he it, dude. He got it in it. and now he's better for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, on the flip side of this, I think <coughs> he is drawn so disgusting when he answers the door for Peggy. Oh, yeah. You know, he's got like his his. Uh, really crappy underwear on like his boxer shorts his gut is hanging out and it's hairy and nasty it looks like he could just pull some lint out of his belly button basically he looks like me every morning when i wake up and get out of bed oh it's fantastic (laughs) but no he has drawn he has drawn so gnarly Mm -hmm. and i just couldn't draw my eyes away from him like good for you guys you're really making me feel it um I love uh, Hank attempting to to conversate without Peggy with the rest of the family at dinner. Yeah. Well, I'm still in the propane business. That's where <laughs> I was today. Because it would change, like. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, that always gets, it's a, that's like a weird 30-second filler scene that I would be very sad if they got rid of. Like, you don't really need it, but it's ent- interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. And. I don't know. I have, I have written in here that it's a pro that Bill standing up to Peggy is very juvenile, and it it is in a good way. Like, like we talk about, Bill is a pant load most of the time. So having him turn Peggy away after spending almost four seasons just idolizing this person, getting insanely stalkerish and creepy at one point, mm-hmm. having him immediately just transition after their San Antonio trip to going, um, you know what? I don't fertilize my lawn with poo. <laughs> like it's fantastic yeah it's a breath of fresh air so it's definitely a pro for me absolutely yeah for sure yeah but that's that's what i got for that okay how about cons um i only have two and one really isn't a con um bill thumb fingers the cork off that champagne champagne bottle and either the Mm -hmm. bulldozers got some insane jesus christ Either the bulldozer has some insane thumb game, or that's a stupid animation bit. And um, <laughs> I kind of sympathize with Bill rejecting Peggy after she approves of him. I do better in a negative atmosphere. Okay. And when shit's going good like at work, I get really cagey because I'm kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I get mm-hmm. Bill doing the same thing kind of right and i feel like that's a con on my end as a person how about you buddy um 
I think it's really hard. It's really hard at the very end of their San Antonio trip, right before Bill runs away. It's really hard to watch him get uncomfortable. Yeah. And to me, it's it's not necessarily a con, but it just it makes me feel uncomfortable to see him finally like being treated like a human and that be the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You know, for once, somebody is is appreciating him for what he does and seeing his potential and really trying to like boost him forward. And yet this dude has been shit on so much for his entire life that he can't even take that and it ruins a, a friendship for him. And to me, like, it's a con just because of how icky it makes me feel. But it's not really a con because that's brilliant writing. Like, that makes me love Bill that much more. It makes me understand and appreciate how complex he is. Yeah, he's not... He is a complex person. We're getting to see more than just pant load Bill. It's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Other than Dale, I mean, Bill is a very, very close second for my favorite secondary character in this show. You know, he Dale inches him out barely, and it's just because I like to laugh more than I like to think. And I get more laugh-ha-has from Dale than I get think pieces from Bill. We get better moments from Dale, too, though. Like, as a general you do. thing. Yeah. You do. We haven't seen Stick Tech yet, and I'm really excited for it. <laughs> um, uh, so on the absolute complete flip side of what I just said about Bill getting uncomfortable and me enjoying that because it, it makes me really feel for him. I think that Peggy flipping the switch and completely shitting on him to get him to do what she wants is a terrible fucking message to send to somebody. Oh, yeah, totally. But also and some people also need to be treated like icky. shit. Like... But not Bill. Like, you just proved to me it doesn't need to be Bill. It does need to be Bill, though. That's all he knows, Johnny. <laughs> what with, you know, the divorce and that upbringing of his and... Ugh. So... Yeah, I mean that's that's what I got for cons. There, there's this is a pretty solid episode. Like I liked it a lot more than I was anticipating, because I'm not a big fan of super Peggy heavy episodes or yeah. super Bill heavy episodes most of the time, and this is a just Peggy and Bill episode. Mm-hmm. So, um, I got some retro rage. If okay. you want to dip into that, yeah, please. I got two of them. Okay. Um, Mark, when was the last time somebody actually showed up on your door and tried to sell you something that wasn't religion? Oh man, I that is my favorite part of COVID is that shit doesn't happen. <laughs> it just doesn't happen anymore. Nope. Uh, and it really it hasn't happened since anybody with a with a thumb and three hundred four hundred dollars can go and buy a smartphone that has access to the internet. Yeah. Amazon's a thing. We don't need to do door to door sales anymore. I love it. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a retro rage, but it's not really a retro rage. It's just like, eh, everybody knows you don't do this shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, I don't remember if I – I don't know if I've ever have done this, but I've seen it in a lot of older TV shows. The idea of call me collect and leave a specific name so that I know you got there. Yeah. Like I don't actually have to accept the charges. I know that Fernando called, so that means you're safe. Yeah. Like that feels as archaic as a beeper to me. I, I don't even know how to explain call and collect to somebody. I don't I don't know how you would explain long distance to somebody right now in 2022. It's because you don't charge for that shit anymore. No, and that's what like, I mean. Nobody, like, it's not a thing. No, like, you know, even so, like, in a couple months, you're not going to be in America anymore. And if you weren't, yeah. I can't see this pod. Like, if, if, like, international calling in long distance existed, this podcast couldn't exist. Like. No. It's such a taken for granted that, like, yeah, right? Like, 
don't say that. They'll hear you. They'll start like, oh, Guys, that's we're a- not going to start charging you. <laughs> God damn. This is a labor of love. It's not going to happen. Oh, I thought you meant the phone companies are going to start charging for like calling collect <laughs> or no, not calling no, collect I mean, for we're not like calling ch- long distance. Like, you know what no, was a good no. fucking scam? Long distance. Let's go back to that. No, no. I actually, I just went through this whole rigmarole of unlocking my phone because I paid off my phone mm-hmm. um, and all that stuff and making sure that I can, that it's, it's compatible with European SIM cards so that I can essentially go and buy like the crackhead burner phone SIM card and just have that and pay that like 30 bucks every month so that if my mom or somebody wants to call me on my number, they can call me on my number. Oh, hell yeah. So, we're going to see how it goes. I honestly think you and I are going to have to adapt to using, like, Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp <laughs> or something like that to actually talk and do this shit. We'll figure it out. When I move. But, uh, we, hey, hey, I'm, I'm ready to tackle these uh, these these technical difficulties with you, buddy. <laughs> we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. Yes. <laughs> um, do you have any uh, Retro Rage that stuck out to you? Nope, you got it. It was called Collect. <laughs> well c-a-l-l-a-t-t is that what yep. is that what it is uh-huh. or 1-800-COLLECT yeah yep yeah there was a whole bunch of them it, unless you grew up when we didn't actually watch king of the hill when it was on the air and not syndicated you probably don't remember what commercials are <laughs> um <laughs> let's see here that means we're up to favorite moments mark favorite moments um go for it buddy so you already definitely named one pretty early on. I'm going the other way. Thanks. <laughs> um, I have uh, I have in here, if I'd have known you were coming, I would have put on pants. Do, do you want me to go put on some pants? <laughs> A wonderful, wonderful bill line. Um, but as somebody who is currently getting their master's degree in psychology, haven't mentioned it in a couple episodes, guys. That's me. Um <laughs> Not psychology, in therapy, counseling, yada, 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 whatever. Uh, Luann just saying, it's called psychology. The disease of psychology. I'm taking it past fail. <laughs> I lost it. I don't I don't re- recall that the last time I watched this episode, and now it just it makes me so happy. Yeah. God, <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. taking it past fail. <laughs> the disease of having oh. psychology. <laughs> Um, how about you, buddy? Let's get some favorite moments. You just fucking nailed it. It was Luann going the disease <laughs> of having psychology. <laughs> yes. But I had a second one, and it was um, Bill rebuking Peggy and going and giving the Winston Churchill quote. Oh? Of, oh yeah, I'm drunk now, but in the morning, I'll be sober. Yep. And it's that story that some woman was like bitching at Churchill for being an alcoholic or whatever. And he's like, yeah, but lady, you're a bitch in the morning. I'll be sober or something to that effect. <laughs> and I thought it was, I thought it was a funny bit from Bill. I just liked yes. it. Yes. Well done. Very fitting uh, for you, uh, Sergeant Barber. <laughs> yes. You want to uh, rate this boy? This bad boy? I rate do. This boy? I, I, I Never said rate, it like that. Sorry. I want to rate this boy. Uh, but I'm going to tell, tell the fine folks about our patented rating system, Mark. Yes, please do. So at the very bottom of our rating system, we have our charcoal rating. This is an F on an A to F uh, scholarly scale. A charcoal episode is one that you watch maybe one time and you'll never watch it again because it's really bad. It's not good for anything. And all it does is leave a nasty residue underneath your fingernails. 
After that, you've got a Megalo episode. This is kind of like a bronze tier episode. It's a little bit better than a charcoal, not by too much, but at least you're going to chuckle a couple of times. You probably won't watch it other than your initial watch through as well. But, you know, on occasion it has some fun guest stars or a, a weird side character that you want to you wanna just reminisce about. After that, you got your butane level. Butane is a bastard gas, and this is a bastard episode. You love to hate it, and you hate to love it. Uh, butane episodes usually are, you know, half half good, half bad. You, you get some character development in there. You get some pretty funny gags. Uh, you know, on occasion, they're they're a, a little bit better than you want want to remember them. But most of the time, they're just like eh, middle of the road mediocre. Uh, after that, we've got our Char Kings. And our Charking episode is, uh, it's our gold standard. It's, it's the episode you want to show to somebody that gets them into King of the Hill. A Charking episode is one that has fantastic character development. It's got deep stories. It really endears you to the rest of the show. And the only problem with it is you might have a hard time showing somebody a Charking episode if they haven't have some tangential knowledge of King of the Hill. Right. Now, we do have a level above Char King, Mark, and that is the Blue Flame of Valor. And these are the episodes that you would show to somebody without any context. The Blue Flame of Valor is the absolute best episode of King of the Hill. It's some of the best episodes of TV in general, especially adult animation. And a Blue Flame of Valor is basically uh, one of our personal favorites. Like, that's kind of where we're at at this point. Blue Flames are getting yeah, doled out to really the, the episodes. Really fantastic that, episodes. Yeah, they're, they're, they're being given out to the episodes that you and I will continuously watch over and over and over again. A lot of them have mm-hmm. not been surprises to me, but I've had a couple. I've had a couple that have really kind of shocked me. Like, okay, this is Blue Flame worthy. So, with that being said, Mark, on a scale of charcoal to the Blue Flame of Valor, what do you want to give Bill of Sales? Um, I'm giving Bill of Sales a butane. It's not... It's not a bad episode, but it's not a, I don't know. It's not fun. It's got my two, we could call them least favorite characters in the show so far, Peggy and Bill together. And yeah, we do get new levels out of them, but I don't know. It's not, I'd rather watch Hank doing something, if you know what I mean. Especially when you like team them up like this, like the team up episodes. And I think this is, I would rather watch Cotton and Peggy than Cotton or than Peggy and Bill. Right. But whatever. Yeah, it's a butane. It's not terrible. It's not that good, though. But whatever. I'll watch it again. How about you, buddy? Uh, so I also gave it a butane. So I'm right there with you. Um, for me, this episode, it's it's hard to watch. It's very cringy. I don't like seeing Bill just get completely shit on at the end for somebody else's personal and financial gain. So that makes me feel mm-hmm. really icky. But at the very least, Bill and Peggy get to grow a little in this episode. You get to see something new. Like true, you almost never true. see Peggy, you almost never see Peggy like back off of something that she's done because she's very much like, nope, this is me. I'm Peggy. I'm always right. And this is fine. And mm-hmm. she actually has to step back and go, oh, I really messed this up and I need him bad. Otherwise, I'm in. I am very screwed. So, yeah. And Bill never stands up for himself. He never draws a line in the sand and he definitely would never rebuke Peggy. And we get to see that. So. Yeah, yeah, I gave it a, a I thing. gave it a butane. It's a, there's a, some growth here, but yeah, it's it's just eh, very middle of the road. Yeah, yeah, middle middle of the road. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we should um go to a new episode, Johnny, and I'm happy to see Ooh. this new episode. And it almost feels like I've been waiting a year for this new episode. Has it? Would you Would you yeah. say that you want to celebrate this new year in some specific? Special way, Mark? I would like to celebrate it in a specific special way, Johnny. What would you like to do, Mark? Uh, let's have us a P my party, good buddy. 
Happy P-My! <laughs> Guys, episode 78, Won't You Pee My Neighbor? Original air date, March 19th, 2000. This is written by Alt Schuler and Krinsky. We've seen a bunch of stuff from them before. Um, good mm-hmm. cast of characters in this. And I've got uh, some some fun, like, funky voice actor notes for you. That I, cool. I It's not going to blow cool. your mind, but you're going to be like, oh, that's kind of nifty. Um, <laughs> right on. Yeah, so our cast of characters here, we have Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill. Luann Platter, mm-hmm. Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer, Con Min, and Connie Supanusimpone. Uh, the Reverend Karen Stroop makes an appearance. We haven't seen Karen Stroop for a while. Not since her introduction, I don't believe, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, we have Ted and Chain with Sana Hong. And I don't, mm-hmm. honestly, Mark, I've watched this, and this is a little embarrassing. I've watched this show so many times. What is Ted's wife's name? I have no clue. Okay, I feel but instantly better. Yeah. Instantly vindicated. No idea. I don't even know if she has a name. Probably um, doesn't. Right? So we have Junior Monk, Monk, Buddhist Girl, and it's not credited <laughs> on here, but I, I wrote Old Monk. Okay. Because there are technically three spoken roles for monks. You want my synopsis here, Mark? It's a, it's a short yeah, one, and I don't know if it'll do it justice, because this episode, it's okay. hard to do this episode justice, but uh, yes, Bobby, Bobby and Connie bond over their spirituality and learn what it means to be a Buddhist. Yeah. Without, yeah I think that's good. With, yeah, without spoiling too much, like the, the big focus of this episode is around the Laotian uh, New Year's ceremony called Pimai, and... Uh, it really kind of, we kind of dip into something that's not Methodism for a while. Like we haven't mm-hmm. really explored any other religions yet. We know that Khan is a Buddhist because of the church burning episode, but they've never explored it. So we really get to kind of like dip into what religious culture looks like in Texas, especially if you're Asian and Laotian in the middle of pig town. Yeah. We got a taste of it with Gary in um, a little Linus bit. Yeah. With yeah. a t- was just like a taste of Judaism, and then yeah. like we got a little bit of Khan's Buddhism stuff with um, uh, death of a propane salesman at Buckley's funeral, right? But yeah, like we really haven't dipped into a whole lot. I, I but really, really like... I guess he really doesn't because he just like tells a story about it and they think it's a joke. So I don't know, maybe not. <laughs> it's it's true. So yeah, but yeah, without spoiling too too much in here, I mean, you guys are watching along with us. Uh, basically, Bobby and Connie are they're hanging out and they have a bunch of uh, uh, Buddhist monks that come to town and they think that Chain Wasanasong might be a reincarnation of one of their, their lamas. And Connie points out to them, like, why do they think it's Chain? I'm just as good, if not better, than he is. It could be me. <laughs> and that's like one of my favorite con moments. I love it. Um, and yeah. so they have this whole big thing where the, these monks show up and they want to do this test and Bobby being Bobby and the, the showman that he is basically commit like unintentionally convinces people that he might be the llama. And there's all these, mm-hmm. all these nonsense things and they have to do more tests and all that. But wonderful, wonderful episode. I feel like this episode deals with Asian spirituality very appropriately and very respectfully. Yeah. You know, Short of Khan looking at Bobby and then having the Buddha statue and going, hey, separated at birth, right? Like, there's not a lot of really bad Asian jokes in this or Buddhist jokes in this. But Khan's doing prop comedy at Bobby, and that's great. <laughs> yes. Khan is hoisting Bobby at his own petard, and that's great. <laughs> that to steal not? your favorite phrase ever from, like, the first eight episodes. Hey, we all gotta hoist our own petard eventually. At some our, point, our, I guess, right? Our Leon petard, if, if you will. Um, 
Oh my Mark. god. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Podcast over. <laughs> that is like the most meta King of the Hill joke. That's so oh, amazing. Um, Mark, We're still go- delivering 30 whatever episodes in. Still delivering this shit. Let's get into some notes, man. Give me some of your notes. Yes. All right. Number one, Johnny. Cold can. <laughs> Don't you cold can me. <laughs> I do that um, shit to my wife all the time. <laughs> oh, it's mean. Um, Secondly, we are grounded in our timeline. It is April. P-Mai takes place in April. Johnny, yes. did you know that P-Mai starts for us next week? On the 14th through the 16th. Yeah. I wrote it down as a note. Hell yeah, so did I, buddy. Across the internet waves, fist bump. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who voices Chain? Do we know? Uh, I can look it up here because I okay. don't know off the top of my head. Uh, okay. Let's <clears throat> let's take a look here. Maury Bandel. Never heard of him. No idea. Okay, cool. Yep. <laughs> Um, I also like that Khan doesn't like Ted. I think that's a fun little note. He kisses Ted's ass, but he doesn't like Ted. That's cool. <laughs> Ted gets to kiss my ass. Yes. Um, I have an animation note slash maybe missing scene. At the okay. P-My party, when Bobby picks up the cane and starts doing the dee-dee-dee-dee-dee thing, the Min sting. is wet. Yeah, yeah Min, Min is, is wet. Okay. Yeah, she's wet. She got like, and I don't know if it's animation or if we have a missing scene, but her hair looks like it's wet and her like shirt around the like hairline region is wet. It's and so I think somebody like water pee miter or whatever. They must have because it's, it, it continues on through the point where when the uh, monks say, Hey, we have a very gracious host family. That's super Buddhist. That's willing to put you up in that scene in the background. She is also wet. And I noticed that too. Okay, cool. I don't think that this is Bobby's being good at X episode. I don't either. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Bobby actually invests, like, spiritually in Buddhism. And that's why he's good at it. But, like, he has to earn that ability. Right. But it's not him just being good at it by default. I I would agree. It's And really, I don't even know if Bobby is a good Buddhist. But, like, this is this is showing that Bobby is much more tolerant than a lot of other people in Arlen. And especially yeah. for somebody his age, like he's, he's got a lot of wisdom behind him. I, I mm-hmm. love the, the comparison. We haven't seen an officer and a gentle boy yet, but I love the comparison of he's just like mush. You can't beat him down, but you can't build him up. He's just there. And yeah. that is like so much the essence of Bobby in the best kind of way, because he's not hateful. He's not spiteful, but he's not ambitious and weird. It's it's a good place for him. Yeah. I like it here. I oh, like yeah. this Bobby. I think this might be one of our bad brain Peggy episodes when she gets all shitty about the Buddhist thing. Yeah. It's a there's weird reaction a, for her to have. There's not a lot of Peggy in this episode. It's her screaming no, at random motorists. It's just kind of weird. It, yeah, it's her screaming at motorists or her walking up to the monks and saying, maybe I should take the test. No. You're missing a crucial Peggy point, though. Am I? You are dumb hillbilly. <laughs> oh, Peggy does do a good you. <laughs> a redneck. She calls him a redneck. Uh-huh. It's test time. 
You are dumb hillbilly. <laughs> I love Peggy doing con. It's one oh, of my yeah. pros. Sorry, totally, totally devolved. No, it's um, cool. Do you think Bobby was a llama, Johnny? No. I watched this episode twice, and I still can't fucking tell. I don't. I don't think Bobby's the llama. Okay. I think that there is other destinies for him. I think he would be a very good, like, a representative for Buddhism, but I don't think he's the llama. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's really cool that we're talking very, not frank, but just good. We're just talking Buddhism in 2000s. And I think that's cool. Like primetime yeah. 2000s. This aired on Fox. Yeah. Like, and I feel like Simpsons did it after this. I don't remember when Lisa became a Buddhist, but I want to say it was like 2001 or something. I almost think they kind of like picked this idea up and took that from it. Okay. Like, I like, I just like it. I like that they're, we're talking Buddhism in 2000. I think that's a really cool thing. I, man, I miss how America was anyway. Um, <laughs> I like Hank having to sign in to pray. Oh, uh, dear God, Hank Hill, Methodist. I like it. I think yep. it's funny. Oh, and the starving kids. I Hank prays the way that you would compose an email, and I yes. like that. Um. Also, we have uh, where they blew their budget bit, and it's Do on we? the test. It's Yeah, it's the morning of the second test. Like... The sun comes up, That's there's the hose dripping, there's yeah. the sprinkler, like, casting yeah. the rainbow in its spray. Yeah, it's a beautiful scene. I noticed that, too. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, what about you, buddy? What you got for me? Um, so, we already mentioned that PMI for us takes place on the 14th. Um, so, yeah, that'll take place for us next week, 14th through the 16th. Um, PMI tradition does in fact actually dictate pouring water on yourself and on elders as a sign of respect. It's specifically jasmine scented water. Oh. And it, it is. It's supposed to represent good luck. On the second day of PMI, you're not supposed to sleep. Like you're not supposed to take a nap during the day because if you do, then it'll give you bad luck for the year. Okay. So just don't go out and party super hard the night before. You'll be good. <laughs> um, Okay, so the young monk that we have in here, he is voiced yeah. by David Herman. And the yes. older monk who shows up for the second test is voiced by Stephen Root. Mm-hmm. So, Mark, do you know who the voice of the middle monk is? Like the the head monk without being yes, the big the one with, monk? Yeah, yeah, the one without the cool headpiece. Isn't it? I thought it was Pat and Re- Pat Morita, but I don't think it is. It is not. It is not. Yeah. Uh, so I looked it up. It is a South Korean actor that started acting in the 1960s and went all the way up until his death. I want to say in like the mid 2000s. His name is Soon Tech Oh. Now okay. he is known for two. Like for me, he's known for two big things other than this, and it's why I recognize his voice, but have never been able to place it. So mm-hmm. he is in the Disney movie Mulan. He is the voice of her father, Faju. Oh, shit. Okay, cool. But the better movie, the far superior movie that he is in, that both you and I have watched and absolutely adore and love and is a damn gem of the 1990s, he is Chris Farley's sensei in Beverly Hills Ninja. Woo woo! (laughs) So... That's the kind of cool thing I thought you'd get a kick out of. It's it's a weird thing to like be a voice actor for just this. Uh, for next episode as well, 
uh, I've got another fun voice acting thing for a guy that like a lot of us know. And I get to tangentially uh, link it to Rockadillo, so I'm really fucking excited about it. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, we're getting deep in the next one, and it makes me really happy. But uh, Soon Tech O, oh, I, 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 for years, I, this is one of my all-time favorite episodes, and I could not remember why I recognize his voice. And I've watched Mulan, and I've watched Beverly Hills Ninja a whole shitload of times. Right, yeah. Awesome. So it makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, you want to jump into some pros, Mark? Cause that's all I got for notes. Yeah. Lay it on me, buddy. What you got for pros? Um, so we already talked about this a little bit. Uh, Khan's realization that Connie could be Llama and she calls him out like, um, he may be second oboist, but I'm first violinist and I'm the Westinghouse winner. And he just like that dawning realization of, oh, that would be so sweet that he'd have to kiss my ass. <laughs> oh, I always, always cracks me up. Um, I absolutely love Hank's reaction when he walks in on Bobby who, and he's got the, the eyeball written on his forehead and he's chanting and he's got his incense going. Hank's no god dang way. <laughs> like it is the most pure Hank Hill thing you can do. Like it is so authentic. Yeah. Um, totally. And we, we also hit on this a little bit when you, you talk about just how much you miss this, the way that America used to be. This is arguably, I think, one of the best religious representations on TV, I mean, in a TV show. It doesn't throw it down your throat. It really interests mm-hmm. you. Like, it gives, gives you some information about the culture and about, like, some of the customs of people. It doesn't turn it into a giant butt of a joke. And yeah. the, the ending, God, the ending of this, it is just so, so nice. Yeah, it's a great ending. So nice. But uh, that's what I got for pros. Like, I, this is one of those episodes, and we talk about them a, a decent amount, at least we have in the last couple seasons, that you just sit down and watch it. And I, I, every time this comes up, I've seen it a million times, I'll watch it a million more. That's what I do. I, yeah. just, I just sit and I watch because it makes me so happy. It's just a good episode. It's a good place to be in, like... You remember, you remember why you like it and you get to be reaffirmed. I don't know about you, but I'm going through this where like my personal taste is like not being called into question, but like, man, I'm glad that I still like the stuff that I liked. And I'm also glad that I can see why some of the stuff that I might've liked is not the best stuff yeah. in doing this podcast. If that makes any sense at all. No, absolutely. I don't did, but sorry. No, yeah. no. Like a lot of the stuff you do enjoy. Cause I'm the same way. Like it's, it's reaffirming to go. Yep, won't you be my neighbor? And yep, beer can named desire and a firefight we will go. These are the staples that you and I will continue to enjoy, and they they still mm-hmm. hold up after a million views. They're really good. And then we turn around and we go, holy shit! Like the mannequin episode was a, a blue flame, and I never in a million years <laughs> would have thought I it would have done it. And wow, this is kind of cool to realize that I like this one that yeah. much more. Yeah. So no, I'm right there with you, buddy. Right on. Um, anyway, pros, sorry. Um, I like Bill speaking French. I think it's funny. <laughs> it's in my cons. <laughs> really? It's okay, my only we'll con because it. it's weird. Yeah, we just saw, dude, Bill just got it in, Johnny. He was just <laughs> re-immersed in his homeland. Like, he reactivated his, like, fucking n- neutron pathways or whatever. He remembers this shit now. And, like, Khan triggered him by speaking whatever, like, pigeon-ass fr- French at him. Like, hell yeah. Nah, Bill should be speaking French. It's great. I love it. Um, I love doing, Pe- I love Peggy doing con. I already talked about that. And then follow up that you called, wow, Peggy does do a good you. 
I like Dale's reaction to Bobby's llamaing in the alley, and he just like flips up his sunglasses and stares in shock and awe that oh my god, I've been decanned. Right. I'm getting callbacks from the, I think it's the uh, very first episode. No, it's Hank's got the Willies episode where Bobby crashes into Hank's car and Hank's alarm is going off and get Dale just like kicks Hank's car and it shuts off. And he's like, it wasn't done through me or it wasn't done by me. It was done through me. And I'm like, holy shit. Like Dale, come on, man. You know that you're spiritual and you know, you're kind of Buddhist. Like, it, oh, it always cracks me up. I always get shades of that when I watch this shit. Yeah, like, it, yeah, like, Dale would have been, like, weirdly triggered by this, and I think that's kind of cool. Um, I really, really like Bobby and Connie meditating in the rocket ship. Yes. God, that's so wholesome. I also, yeah, it's also, I like that that's kind of their hangout spot. We see it. We saw him up there in um, Death of a Propane Salesman when Dooley climbs up the tower and tells him your dad got blown up. Yeah. And then, like, Hank finds him there in the next episode. And I like that it's, like, this place that kids who are still, like, they're barely teenagers still go to, like, that's where they want to be at. I like that little bit. A good. It's a good feeling of world building. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I'm getting weird. I, no, it's I'm getting all fucking sentimental and I don't know why. Like, yeah. And finally, you're talking like a song from The Lion King. <laughs> How about I'm gonna you, kick your ass. <laughs> um, so the only con that I have, you actually just kind of fixed it for me. Okay. Because in the million times I've watched this episode, I've never made the connection that uh, con going uh, RSVP means respondez-vous, s'il vous plaît. I have never once made the connection that Bill is calling out and make like making fun of him with his French because Khan is butchering the shit out of that. Oh, it is uh, the okay. reason it's in my con is because I have no idea where it comes from, and now I know. So okay, it's not a con of mine anymore, and that was the only one I had for the episode. I've never made that connection cool. before, so thank you. Yeah, right on. Well, you got some cons, man. I have one. I I have a single con. I have a single con. It's a personal con. Number one. Okay, it's a two part. It's a two part con. All right. Um. Number one. Bill digging through the fucking fridge is rude, guys. <laughs> if it's not in plain sight, it ain't meant to be eaten. But follow up to that. Heineken is fucking offensive. Johnny, what's your favorite moment? Uh, can I just call into some continuity errors here? Yeah. When uh, Min and Con are about to go and get uh, down and dirty and sexy in Con's garage. She offers him a Heineken or a Beck, and what does he ask for? Beck Dark. He asks for yeah, Beck Dark, and she says, oh, sorry, got Beck Light. He shouldn't have Heineken. He should have Becks. But she asks him if he wants a Becks, so... Or, or she asks him if he wants a Heineken. He can have both. I have two types of beer in my fridge right now. Uh, see, I assume she had only bought Becks for him. But maybe I'm wrong. Oh, I see anyway. what you're saying. Okay, never mind. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah I, get okay, I get what you're driving at there. Yeah. Um, well, we're to favorite moments then. And we've, we've mentioned one of mine already. Dale, Bill, and the beer can. Mm-hmm. It's why we had to do our cold open that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and my other one is Hank saying under his breath when Bobby and Reverend Strooper talking about how much Bobby loves Jesus. Buddhist liar. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> How about you, man? Um, kiss me, Sanglug. Oh. Yeah, I love that. I love that bit. It's just, I love it. What are you rating this? 
let's see here. Um, so, you sure you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay. On a scale of charcoal to blue flame, I gave Won't You Be My Neighbor a blue flame. Woo woo! Yeah. There is almost no competition in my mind. I think this might be my all-time favorite Bobby episode. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if there's any other better ones that at least tug at my heartstrings, show character development, endear me to him more than this episode. He's incredibly grown up and mature. He does a lot of selfless things like taking Connie to the uh, the student union for ice cream and Buddhism stuff. Mm-hmm. He genuinely is interested in what his girlfriend's culture is and mm-hmm. then takes it very seriously when they she basically looks at him and says, you can't make a joke out of this because this this is my life. Yeah. And he goes, well, shit, I can't. I can't make a joke out of this and I have to find a way out. Yeah. And he has a very good heart-to-heart with Hank about it. And he's, god damn, the writing for this and that ending, I cannot speak highly enough of it because this is one of my all-time favorite TV endings, period. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick Connie. I'm picking her because that's what I can see in the mirror. Yeah. Like, oh, just... Like, it gives me goosebumps every time I watch this show because it's so damn good. But, yeah, it's it's a blue flame, man. Like, okay. you know, everybody else can enjoy their um, I don't know you, that's my purse moments of Bobby. No, yeah. Have it. You can have it. The, I, you can have a million of those. I just need this one Bobby right here. <laughs> that's my pee. I, you, I don't know you. Um, yep. <laughs> No, same. I gave it a blue flame. It's fantastic. Like, uh, just the ending. Just the ending is insane. Like, it's weird to me how you can get something that hits this hard, and it still hits this hard and this well however many years later. It's, yeah. It Everything you said, I'm just copying you. I think this episode, I'm just copying you, because it's everything you just said to me. It's, yeah. 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 I love this episode. It's an amazing episode. Years and years ago, you and I cut a, p- a pilot for this this podcast, and we named this as one of our favorite episodes. I think it like, was in both of our top five. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. I, I think, yeah, it. I think it was this one in beer can, and it's still it. You know, however many that what is this five years later from that, and twenty whatever years later after it aired, it's insane. It's it's an amazing episode of TV. Everybody should watch this episode. And it also, you know, the the little bits of like Bobby genuinely does respect Buddhism and he genuinely respects Connie's um culture and background and all this shit and it's it's great. We need more shit like this. We need more TV like this. Yes. Like Yeah, I don't know. Um I can't talk about it anymore. It's a fantastic episode. We got to get the hell out of here, buddy. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. But before we do that, Mark, I got a question for you, man. What's that, bud? You still like King of the Hill? I love King of the Hill. This is an amazing television show. Everybody should watch up until this point, and you can feel the way that I feel right now, and it's this weird, like, man. And also, dude, just sidebar, you and I are here. We we got to this point, and that makes me feel really happy inside. Anyway, yeah. I'm, done. I'm done being weird. I got This one <laughs> kind of got me kind of fucked up. I'm sorry. Anyway, Johnny, do you still like King of the Hill? Hey, Mark, I still love King of the Hill, man. Awesome. You want to tell those good people where they can find us? I would absolutely love to tell everybody in internet land where they can find us. They can find us at Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and at dangolpodcast at gmail.com if you're into that whole email thing. <laughs> they can find me 
at krautballstream on Twitter. That is kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball, and stream as in strom is the German word for stream. Uh, it also means uh, current, power, stream, electricity, flux, and river. It's kind of a cool word. Look at you learn um, German. <clears throat> Hey, I'm trying, I'm trying. And before you even get a chance to pimp it, guys, if you've been listening to us and you like our stuff, we just cut a very extra special three-part or two-part episode all about professional wrestling on Mark's sister podcast here, and I'll let him tell you about it. Uh, yeah, the Two Wizards podcast where me and my buddy Josh talk about a variety of weird topics. And yeah, Johnny was just on for this epic-ass two-parter a few weeks ago, and it was fantastic. And go listen to it and find out that me and Johnny are nerds for more than just King of the Hill. <laughs> um, and to that end, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter, uh, Two Wizards podcast. And yeah, that's it. I think we ought to get out of here, bud. I think we should. Thank you all very much for listening, and you have a wonderful one. We love each and every one of you. Have a good day. Good night, guys.